The Lifestylist, episode 142, featuring Byron Katie. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. Hey guys, I'm super pumped to share our new sponsor, BioStrap, with you. This is a wearable tech that very accurately measures your biometrics while you're doing things like sleeping, working out, and even meditating. I've been geeking out on this device for the past week or so. I'll do things like set up all my biohacking stuff and do a meditation session or breath work or whatever and test my biomarkers. So I'll look at my heart rate, my heart rate variability, all of these types of things and track it and see what works and what doesn't. It's very accurate and gives you a lot of insight as to what's going on with your biology as you do different things. Now, I talk a lot about quality sleep on this show, and I find the sleep data on this to be really thorough and very accurate. So I wear this wristband while I sleep, and I'm kind of in a competition with myself to see how much quality sleep I can get. So it's really fun to wake up in the morning and kind of check and see, ah, I went to bed a little late. Oh, I only had this much deep sleep. I had this much REM sleep. This was my resting heart rate, all of this stuff. So it's very cool. I'm using it for a multitude of different things. One thing that I haven't even really gotten into at this point, but will very soon, is actually programming different workout routines into it and seeing what's going on with my biomarkers while I'm doing different workouts and ice baths and all kinds of crazy stuff. So this uh, really gives you some superpowers in terms of getting insight into what's going on with your body during different habits and behaviors. So I'm really excited to introduce BioStrap to you guys. If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend that you do, you can go to biostrap.com forward slash Luke and use the promo code STORY to save 25% off of your order, and you'll also get free worldwide shipping. So go to biostrap.com forward slash Luke and use the code LUKESTORY. This is an awesome piece of technology, and I think it's going to really benefit your life and your health. Man, oh man, Organifi has done it again, you guys. They've come up with another delicious, super-powered, healthy drink mix. This is called Red Juice. It's packed with antioxidants and 11 superfoods, including reishi and cordyceps. So this is a really potent and easy to use and delicious red juice powder. So imagine you go to, you know, a place that sells like a pressed juice or something and you pay 10 bucks for a juice. Well, each one of these juices, which is much easier to deal with and much more portable, by the way, costs you only three bucks per juice. And it's of course, totally organic. So this is Organifi Red Juice. My new favorite thing to do like midday, I'll usually do like a green juice in the morning to kind of get alkaline, then a red juice midday. And then I do their uh, Organifi Gold later on in the evening because it's super calming. So these guys are kind of coming out with products to cover the whole rainbow and they all uh, have different uses at different time in the day. So if you want to check out the Red Juice or any other fantastic Organifi product, here's what you do. Go to Organifi.com forward slash Luke. That's Organifi spelled with an I. Organifi.com forward slash Luke. Enter the code LIFESTYLIST at checkout and you will save yourself 20%. So it's a really heaping fat discount for you over at Organifi. Check them out. Their stuff is fantastic and I use it literally every day. Welcome one and welcome all to the Lifestylist Podcast. I am, of course, your very grateful host, Luke Story. And today I am bringing you a truly special episode with our guest, Byron Katie, someone whose work I've been following for a long, long time and someone who has had a profound effect on my own personal evolution. So I'm super stoked to drop this conversation on your soul. But before we do that, I want to tell you about next week's episode with Kyle Cease, where we talk about 
comedy meeting personal transformation. That is a really enlightening and fun conversation you don't want to miss. To make sure that you don't miss next week's episode, or any episode for that matter, all you have to do is just click subscribe on your podcast player. That way this magical thing happens where each episode every Tuesday is just automatically downloaded to your device or computer. It's pretty awesome. So make sure you subscribe to the show. We've also got a couple upcoming events. June 6th, I will be on a panel with my friend Max Lugavere, who incidentally is an upcoming guest of the show, at the grand opening of Next Health in Century City. Next Health is one of my main biohacking haunts here in L.A. They have another location on Sunset and Crescent Heights. I'm in there almost every day doing cryotherapy and whatnot. Well, they've got a new fancy spot opening up at the Century City Westfield Mall. So I'm going to be there June 6th at 6.30 p.m. It's a free event, but I'm sure it's almost full because guess what? That's right around the corner, right? Then we've also got June 14th at Bulletproof Labs where I will be doing a deep dive into biohacking also beginning at 6.30 p.m. To get into those two free events, you must hurry and RSVP. You can find the RSVP info at the following link, lukestory.com forward slash events. That's lukestory.com forward slash events. All right, so back to this episode. Byron Katie, oh man, you guys are in for a real treat. Katie created a simple yet powerful process of self-inquiry called The Work. And I've been using this for a long time and it has turned my life upside down in the most positive sense. So The Work consists of four questions and turnarounds, meaning you ask a, well, you just got to listen to the episode. I'm not going to explain it right now, but uh, it's basically just taking a look at the thoughts that we have, you know, looking at the mind and seeing if the thoughts we're having that are causing us pain are actually true. And what we'll find in this episode and in life is that oftentimes the mind is projecting all sorts of fantasies and non-realities onto our emotional selves and ruining our lives. So Katie's going to teach us how to unpack that and be able to find a little gap of separation between mind and who we really are. And Katie's been bringing the work to millions of people, literally, for more than 30 years. She's also the author of multiple best-selling books, including one of my favorite books of all time, Loving What Is. And she also has a new book called A Mind at Home with Itself. And that's what I hope to achieve in this episode is give you a little break from that thing inside your skull and uh, allow you to reach your soul. So here are some of the topics we cover in this interview with Katie. How a run-in with the cockroach led to Katie's life-changing spiritual experience and eventually led her to become a spiritual teacher. The reality that our life is in fact created by our mind. What motivates some of us to ease the world's suffering? And how to spare ourselves from this nagging desire for approval from others? Then we discuss some of Katie's greatest realizations in her past 30 years of helping people become free from the prison called the mind. How to not take your thoughts as facts and how to end your suffering in an instant. How arguing with reality causes us so much pain and how surrender sets us free. Then Katie takes me through the four questions and turnarounds of the work around some issues I was having. And I had a major breakthrough in this conversation. So I can't wait for you guys to hear that. It's a little bit embarrassing. But I thought it would benefit the listeners and myself to put it out there. So there it is. It's in the episode. And then lastly, we talk about Katie's world-famous nine-day school for the work, something I've been wanting to do forever, and how it has transformed lives all over the world. So it brings me great pleasure and immense, deep-felt gratitude to bring you this conversation with the illustrious Byron Katie. Katie, I am so excited to talk to you today. Thank you, Luke. Good to see you too. Yeah, this is a dream come true. You know, it's funny, I'm here in Hollywood and I worked in the entertainment industry for 17 years and worked with tons of celebrities and things like that. And I got very jaded to being starstruck. Uh-huh. When it comes to spiritual teachers and people that have really had an impact on my life, I'm like, oh my God, I'm talking to Byron Katie. You know, this oh, is... Oh, Gosh, it's a, it's well, a great it, you know, yeah, it is. It's a that's a sweet experience, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it says a lot about you and your your the joy and I'm yeah, just, that's I'm sweet. Very, I'm very fortunate to be able to do what I do now for a living, and uh, it brings me back to the first time I saw you speak. It was it was at some hotel down by LAX, and I, I think it's called the Hacienda now. It's on Sepulveda, and I was in my early 20s. I'd moved to Hollywood and gotten involved in drugs and was just in really bad shape. And 
my dad was already kind of into personal development and things like that. And so um, he flew out here from Colorado and took me to see you in hopes that I might hear something <laughs> that, would, that would wake me up. And you know what's funny is even as unconscious as I was at that time in my life, that experience really struck me. And the general takeaway from it was this idea that there was a mind and then there was a me. Yeah. And it would be years later until I actually started to further develop that awareness uh, and ended up getting sober, thank God, and, and all of that stuff and have been for many years. But uh, that was my first introduction to, I think, anyone talking about the concepts that you share. And so I thank you for that little seed that was planted. Oh, for my part, you know, I, I'm, I'd like to even take credit for that, but I can't. But in a way, it is kind of like a partnership. But the way you understood whatever I said, oh, that's yours. And I, I love that for all of us, that inner understanding that, that we are in some ways responsible for once we really understand from experience that we have that power, that that is our power. Absolutely. So in the interest of time, because I know we had a little technical difficulties here, and I want to really get in all the the juice that we can for the audience that's going to be listening to this. And your story is quite fascinating. And I want to zip through that a little bit and get into the work and, and these concepts that you've been sharing with the world. Your story is in 1986, you're having all of these sort of emotional problems. You're really unhappy. You end up in that... I'm just going to you know, truncate your story for you. Yeah. If I get anything wrong, interrupt me. But as I understand it, um, you end up in a halfway house, you know, extremely unhappy in your life. You're having all these problems. And then you fell asleep on the floor. You wake up with a cockroach crawling on your foot. <laughs> and then from that moment on, like you just perceived the world in your life in a different way. Yeah, I saw how, the, how my world was created. And it was absolutely clear. And of course, I began to laugh out of that understanding. I saw simply that when I believed my thoughts, I suffered. And, and when I didn't believe my thoughts, I didn't suffer. And I've come to see that this is true for every human being. So by invitation, I continue to pass that on as long as well, people knock on my door. It's funny because you don't need me to promote your work. You know, I'm relatively small in the scope of the millions of people that you've reached. And something that I've noticed about you over the years is you just tirelessly and happily and joyfully keep sharing this information with people, you know, and it's, it's so neat to see someone who's found their passion and really does it for the love. I mean, the work is free on your website. You yes. know what I, mean? Like, I mean, you have your conferences and stuff like that, I'm sure to keep the lights on and to work yeah. further with people and go deeper. But it's like, I don't know, I just, I dig that passion. And also I, I related to that one part of the story with the cockroach because it was around 1996. I was on the floor with, <laughs> um, with in an apartment in Canoga Park, which is not really where you want to be coming off drugs. Um, but I was detoxing at you know this sordid place and uh, was on the floor and cockroaches started to appear around me on the floor. Uh -huh. To my knowledge, they never <laughs> crawled on me, you know, and that it's funny because that was the beginning of my awakening. That was just, I looked oh. around and was like, yeah, now this can't, can't do this. This is not, at 26 years old, even I knew like, there's got to be something above this level. So uh -huh. funny that, you know, the cockroach was part of your journey too. Maybe it's That's, our spirit that, is, <laughs> that is, so yeah, that is, that is just so hilarious. You think the, um, Someone told me cockroaches are the life that will outlive us all at one point. And of course, I know nothing about it, but I'm, I'm certainly grateful. So you have this awakening. You wake up from this you know, thing and suddenly you have this knowledge about your life and how you perceive it. And then you go back to Barstow and you start to just kind of talk about how you're perceiving things. And then people generally over those first couple of years start to gravitate toward you and want to hear you talk about that. And they start mm -hmm. to share that experience. Is that how that happened? Actually, um, it was so different. It was, it was so that my physical body looked the same, but my mind was so radically different that it was like night and day. And, and so people began to recognize this and, just want to know what happened, basically. And it took me a while to learn how to talk, we could say, to talk out of this world when uh, you've lost your world. And so you've had a, a taste of that, your, your own wonderful self. And, but you know, that's what love does. It joins, it joins, it includes. It, it's, um, 
And and as far as my tirelessness and joy and passing this on, I don't ever tire of it, Luke. If there is one person out there as confused as I was, or even close to it, or you're in the kind of pain you were in, or I was in, now that is motivation for me. There is a way out, and I would do it crawling on my belly, bleeding from the mouth with my last gas, because I'd be happy in doing it. And uh, I just wouldn't want anyone to miss this trip. And that's why anything of value I have is free on the work.com. Yeah. I, and, I relate to that so deeply. And that's why I'm uh, sitting here with all my recording equipment doing what I do and, and working yeah. hard at it. It's like I've suffered in so many ways in my own life. And I've, I've found so many solutions and so many great teachers like you over the years. It, it's just like there's no way. It got to a point in my life. There's no way I can't just make my life sharing what I'm finding. It's, yes, pass it on and pass it on. Yeah, there's like no way to hold uh-huh. it in. You know? Yeah, and they're all, you know, always go to Rome. So one not any more valuable than the other. And so you give us that menu and and I'm so grateful for that. So when you when you had that experience and you woke up, I, I think spiritual seekers and, and finders alike at times, myself included, have fantasized about, God, maybe if I just go to India and sit at the feet of the right guru, that they'll bestow upon me enlightenment and my suffering will end and I'll be able to perceive the world in actual reality rather than through the lens of my mind and my ego. And you have these sort of, um, you know, these stories of someone like Eckhart Tolle, who's sitting on a park bench one day similar to you. And then next thing you know, he's like an instant spiritual teacher, (laughs) you know, has this vast understanding and Uh wisdom. But I've, I've heard someone ask you about, you know, so are you enlightened? Did you become enlightened? And I have a great quote from you. Uh, people used to ask me if I was enlightened and I would say, I don't know anything about that. I'm just someone who knows the difference between what hurts and what doesn't. That's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. So how, how, do, how do you explain, you know, that experience that happened to you and how someone might um, label that as enlightenment or something? And you put it so simply just like, hey, I don't want to suffer. Gosh, I'm not sure I understand your question, but for me, that's as good as it gets. You know, no suffering, I'll take it. And right. then people do consider me enlightened, and that's about as enlightened as I want to be. But, you know, mind is infinite. Once it's, um, let's, let's say it's out of the polarity of creating out of an experience of these things, anything is less than beautiful. So what is it going to do? What it naturally does? Mind is infinite. It doesn't stop. It expands. And when you are positive that it cannot get any better, it does. It has to because that's the nature of mind. People are afraid of losing their mind if they go too deeply into their spiritual work. But I love the mind. What else is there? If you don't love your mind, then... uh, what's left to love if if you have um, outgrown suffering? When you were at that point in your life, in that really dark place, how how much of that was uh, at the hand of drugs and alcohol? I've heard you talk about a lot of it, a lot of it. Oh my gosh! And also compulsive overeating. I mean, if it could go in my face, that's where it belonged. <laughs> and, and it was um, it was um, simply a way of trying to ease the pain. And I think really it was all about putting me to sleep. And do you think that at that point in your life, you were clinically alcoholic or a drug addict, or do you think you were someone that just dabbled, um, you know, abused a little bit? You know, that's that's a good question. It, it sounds a little off, but it but it really is answer. You know, my answer to the question is, I I I saw that I was addicted to what I was thinking and believing, and so my choices were really really not really not helpful until I consider that finally it took me to sanity and it became so painful to live out of um, um, that kind of confusion going on in my head. And when you had that experience then, was there never any desire then to overeat or to self-medicate and to drink or any of that? Were you sort of relieved of of all habits or was that... It all ceased to be a problem. And out of that, I made clear decisions. So those two things combined took care of it. I've 
occasionally said that sanity doesn't suffer ever. You know, when you're sane, <laughs> the choices are so clear. But right. when we're believing our, um, our thoughts that would argue against beauty, against our true nature, against what is loving, caring, kind, compassionate, you know, and, and it's um, and not according to other people, but according to yourself the world ceases to be a problem and our choices are no-brainers. Did you believe in God at that point? Did you have any sort of spiritual orientation? <laughs> I didn't um, have that kind of thing growing up. I no religion. And in fact, my family, it, it wasn't even discussion. But what they would do from their childhoods, when, when my mother and her siblings and family all got together, they would speak, they would sing these fabulous gospels and you know from their childhood and I love them and I knew all the words to those and I just discovered this about a couple of months ago so whatever that would give me and also Christmas carols you know um on Christmas all these Christmas carols played if I had religion I got the best of it and whatever my mind did with it I know it made them really happy when they were singing with a drink in their hand (laughs) over the over the years as you've been you know, unpacking that experience and and further developing that awareness and sharing that with people. Have you been one to study other spiritual teachers or teachings or books or any of that? Or has that not been necessary because you kind of had this, you know, awakening and it showed you what you needed to know to work with yourself? Yeah, you know, um, people are my religion and I see I see the goodness in and everyone. And that would be my own definition of goodness. Uh, connection. I think that's my my religion, and it may be. I'm I'm thinking about it, but but anything that I would believe against another human being is the opposite of my religion. Right. <laughs> so you yeah. so you sort of come up with your own world. I, I believe in goodness. <laughs> yeah. So I w- I'd like to uh, talk about a few of your quotes and just ask you to unpack a few of them because there's been. I mean, I've been, I've listened to you probably hundreds of hours, you know, just in audio programs and podcasts. You have a great podcast, by the way, anyone listening. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. Where you go through the work with people and I listen to it all the time and it's in my, probably about four podcasts I listen to on an ongoing basis. And Mm -hmm. that's one, especially I listen to in the morning just to set my head right and, and help me to establish that sense of separation between actual reality and the reality that my mm. mind is about to project on the world yeah. and my life. Uh, but one of my favorites with you uh, that you've said is defense is the first act of war. Could you explain mm. that? Mm. Yeah, it, it just is. And I invite everyone to just test it. If, if someone accuses you of something and you start defending, just feel what that feels like. Or if they accuse you of something, get very still and just feel that thing that arises that, that feels like you're about to attack, which, in other words, defend. And, and then just let that fall and then consider, you know, are they right? And if they're not right, then to continue to listen because they're giving me information that I may need, that I'm blind to. Maybe they're saying something about me that so blindsided me rather than defend against that realization they're giving me to realize the information they're giving me, look to myself and and wake up from anything that would be express a lack of kindness. And in, but, a, in, in a sense, when when one is when one resists the temptation to defend. I find, because I've been, you know, when, when I learn things from people like you, I practice it. You know, I mean, that's uh, what I figured out. That's oh, what works. So you can glad. read all the spiritual books in the world, but if you don't do it, it's meaningless, that, you know? Oh, so true. But I'll feel myself kind of like, uh, you know, I want to mm-hmm. show them they're wrong and whatever I mean, mm-hmm. quote unquote, accused of is, is incorrect. And, uh, and resisting that, it's, it's, it really has this magical effect of diffusing that person and sort of taking down their offense by you having nothing to attach to. And it's almost like they can't get a hook in you. They are at times even frustrated because they, they can't get you or your ego to engage. And then it's sort of like they just kind of give up. Have you noticed that to be true? Well, um, I'm um, going back to what I said a little earlier. I'm so busy 
with self-realization, I just don't have the energy to realize anyone else. <laughs> you know, right, to, right. They, you know, they work on theirs, I work on mine. But when someone says, Katie, you are, you're ridiculous. And maybe they say it in a bunch of people and, 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 I, and my feelings are hurt, then uh, I'm not looking to see potentially, you know, take, take a look and where am I being ridiculous? You know, how can I learn from what they're saying? Anytime I would identify Luke, I am protecting nothing more than the identity, this false identity that I want people to see me as. So when they say, Katie, you're ridiculous, if I am, if my identity is, I am not ridiculous, I am, I'm the all-knowing or whatever, and someone says, you're ridiculous, that's something to wake up, to get a clue, wake up to, and thank them for their awareness that was certainly beyond mind, or, um, or just stay asleep and separate. I, oh my gosh, anyone that would judge me is growing me if I'm listening. And in, in that listening, Luke, is where you can't argue with the air. So if I'm not defending, it leaves them nothing to argue with. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, there's kind of, there's no, there's nothing to sink your teeth into at that point, yeah. you know? Uh, that, that kind of, leads me into another one of my favorite quotes and uh, concepts of yours and that there are only three kinds of business in the universe, mine, yours, and God's. And then, and then you say, uh, whose business is it if an earthquake happens? God's business. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that can really be applied to so many things in, in one's life. So it, it, I think it of can. it as like, it's kind of that, that way of, of, of interacting in the world is it's like the antidote to codependency and mm-hmm. feeling the need to control others and, and mm-hmm. situations and, and all of that. Could you explain what you mean by those three kinds? Well, of let's say my son's in um, Venice Beach and I'm here in Ojai and I am mentally running his life. He should this, he shouldn't that, and you know, this and this and that, whatever it is. So my body's here in Ojai, but my I'm in Venice Beach running my son's business, and that is completely insane. So anytime, any, any of your listeners, if you, have, if you ever feel lonely, ask yourself mentally, whose business are you in? Just notice that. And when I notice that, I leave my son's business. I notice I'm back here, right here, right now present, accounted for, all gathered up, you know, in this unity and grateful. It's a way of staying in the moment, this three kinds of business thing that I I concocted. Again, like so many of your teachings, it's so simple. And anytime I start to become disturbed when it has to do with other people, I I just ask myself that question. Yeah. Or even the world, even, you know, politics and so many things that people Mm -hmm. get their knickers in a twist about. It's like, you realize like, how little control you actually have over anything outside of oneself, you know? Yeah, it's like come home. And and every time you do, you you get present and you see all the support in the world is right here, right now. Everything we need is right here, right now. We have skin, we have clothes, we have hair, we have whatever we're standing on is supporting us. The chair we're sitting on is supporting us. I mean, if, if you sat there for a thousand years, you couldn't stop counting the support. It's available right here, right now, in this moment. So, you know, if you listen to the show that I talk a lot about keeping your environment toxin-free, right? And the most important part of your house to keep toxin-free is where? Your bedroom, obviously, right? So I've searched the world over to find the best organic bedding. I'm not talking about the stuff they sell at Target and West Elm. I mean, God bless them, at least they're trying, but it's really not legit. So I found this company called Altera Pure, and those are the sheets and bedding that I'm currently using now. They're organic pesticide-free and non-GMO. They're also super down with fair trade, social equity, 
environmental and social sustainability. And they're just very transparent. You can find out anything you want to know about their product. They are no secrets, completely open. And a lot of companies that sell bedding are not. Try getting them on the phone and like grilling them about the chemicals they use. They are not going to tell you anything. Altera Pure is legit. I'm 100% behind them and I love sleeping on their sheets. So go to alterapure.com. That's A-L-T-E-R-R-A-P-U-R-E, alterapure.com. And even better yet, of course, I got you hooked up with a discount. The discount code is Lifestylist. Enter that at checkout and you will save a cool 15%. Their stuff is already very affordable for the level of quality that they're providing, but you're going to save an extra 15% using the code Lifestylist at alterapure.com. Check it out. There's a couple other things that I wanted to uh, that wanted to cover along these lines. One, as you say, when you argue with reality, you lose, but only 100% of the time. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. East doesn't require two people. It requires only one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I just, I think it's so powerful to work with our perception of reality. And every day I learn more and more as I'm suffering that it really is not what's happening, but it's how I'm framing that and how I'm labeling it yeah. and how I'm interpreting everything. Yeah. Uh, any, any, any suffering is the, the mind is in the apparent past and future. And I love that this inquiry I invite people to when we sit in the question, how do I react when I believe what I'm believing? Then we can see you know, those images of past, future and see that witnessing those images if we're in you know if you want a little shame and guilt get a future i mean a a, a past if you want a little fear and terror get a future but just to <laughs> right. just to notice where you are that there is a movie going on it's a dream and just to notice and wake you up to the to this present moment where everything in life that we are directed to do is possible it's not later everything is just right here to do and this is where we make change and we think you know these minor little things are are not valuable but they're entirely valuable it's um it's it's empowering to make the changes we can make there's something else that you that you talk a lot about in your work and that's this seeking for love and approval and Mm. this is something i've really struggled with a lot throughout my life um probably as a result of not receiving some of it early on, you know, uh-huh. as much as maybe I wanted or needed or thought that I did. And then now this is, I think, is so prevalent with younger people too in social media. And yeah. I mean, I have my social media going right now as we record and I'm aware that I want to sound intelligent and smart and funny and I want those people watching to think that I'm awesome. And <laughs> But then you have to ask yourself, what for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but I think through that awareness, I'm becoming... Uh, less a victim of that, yeah, you know, and, and more able yeah. to just be free and to be myself. And and you say the irony of the struggle to win love and approval is that it makes it very difficult to experience them. Yes, it definitely does. If I had a prayer, it would be this: God spare me from the desire to seek love, approval, or appreciation. Amen. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, let's, yeah, let's so that's it. what you're doing. You're you're sparing yourself from that desire, and it's. Uh, it frees you up. Right. And I guess maybe it's a desire that can never be fully fulfilled from outside either, right? Uh, it's absolutely. Or I maybe think you're not onto something really important. I yeah. look at that not at all. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting for me that maybe it's just part of getting older and evolving. I, I think as some of us age, we just tend to care a little less about some of the you know, the more thinly, um, you know, the, the more empty desires like that. And you kind of just uh-huh. to know and like yourself. But for me, I, I think I care less just because the, the, fr- the feeling of being free of that desire and that attachment to wanting everyone to just mm-hmm. think I'm the coolest guy in the world and just to be kind of more authentic. It just feels so good to be free. It actually yeah, feels so, better so, than people's yeah. approval. Yeah, so that's what's going on, and you have you've sat in that practice long enough to really get the difference and the cause and effect of what that is, and it's you're um, nurturing it, honoring it, uh, respecting it, and taking it into practice. That's a beautiful thing. Would you say that as someone loses the attachment and the desire for that approval and and starts to develop more of a sense of self worth and self love that mm-hmm. 
ironically, they might end up getting more of what they were looking for by not wanting it and needing it? Yes, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah, it's where um, when people like us, they like who we are as opposed to who we wanted them to see us as. Right, right. Yeah. Well, let, let's get into... So we're much more likable. <laughs> right, right. I guess I guess that authenticity is attractive then to people. It, well, well, it is a facade we can all see through. It, it's um, it, it, except our own. <laughs> and so that practice you're in is, um, it's, it's beautiful. I'd like to get into a little bit of the work, you know, which is kind of the gold standard of, of what you do. Uh, and this is something that, Again, is just from listening to you enough, and I've actually uh, two years ago or so I went through a really rough patch, and I hired a, a, co- a certified coach in the work. Oh, good, good. Yeah, and I did some judge, judge your neighbor worksheets and things like that, and I was just desperate enough where I got on a Skype call with this guy who was very helpful and and went through it, and now it's become a little bit more of just an automatic process. The moment my mind says this sucks, life sucks, that person sucks, I mm-hmm. suck. To just within that moment go, well, is that actually reality? <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Is that true, really? And, and when it's when it doesn't really when those thoughts they don't dig in that deeply, I don't find myself having to go through the whole process. Yeah. It's like yes. once something's lodged in, then I might have to go through a further inquiry and kind of dig uh-huh. deep. Could you run mm-hmm. us through the four questions in a you know in a in a um, case so, study scenario? So so what's a concept that uh, an assumption or judgment that we might look at? All right, I've got one for you actually, because um, I was actually racking my brain like, okay, do I have any resentments against anyone? And I don't think I have a bona fide resentment anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't tend to get but them. That, that doesn't much. stop concepts from from coming. But, I've, um, I, but I found one. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I found. I wouldn't say it's a bona fide resentment because it's not reoccurring in my mind over and over again where I'm obsessed with you know this person and what they did. But I did mm-hmm. find a little bit of a grudge that I had, and uh, there was a situation in which someone who's really prominent in the industry I'm in that I've supported for a number of years and really helped promote their company and the things that they do, uh, I finally asked for like a favor in return. And it was for them to, to kind of highlight me and present me to some of their followers and things like that. So it was sort of a media opportunity for me. And I finally got up the courage to pitch myself for it. And I think I had a really strong pitch. And they agreed to do it and put me in touch with their people. And then we were leading up to the date that was going to happen, which is this coming June. And then I just got a really sort of what I perceived to be a cold, short email that just said, oh, they're too busy now. We're not going to do it. And there wasn't a like, oh, hey, let's reschedule or anything like that. And I thought mm-hmm. maybe they're just in a hurry. So I emailed back and said, oh, do you want to pick a new date? And then I never heard back. And yeah. so my mind said, oh, I've helped them so much. They don't respect me. I need them in mm-hmm. my career without them and them you know, making no, the, more the, popular. The, the, you know. the hook for me is they owe me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they okay. owe me, and Ooh, so isn't it? Isn't a good one? That's the, those funny. Were, I didn't even see that one. That's well, great. those were all good. Well, I have a little longer in this inquiry than you, so they owe you. Is it true? From a lim- I'll go through it from the limited perspective. Yes, I've helped them, and now they won't help me. They do owe me. Okay, so they owe you. And those of you listening, the answer to the first two questions, you just sit in that and wait to be shown the answer out of, out of experience. They owe you. Is it true? And the answer is always one syllable. It's either yes or no. So it really takes stillness. So they owe you. If I'm, you know, if I'm honest and self-aware, no, they don't owe me. Okay, so just let that settle in. This is so huge. It goes with everything we do. We think if we smile at a stranger, they owe us one. <laughs> you know, it's just far-reaching. And, right. and if I do a kind deed, then I expect people to notice and tell people about it. They owe me. It's, it's insidious. It just really... So, so now... So- so let's say I can't, let's just back up and say I can't get to that place. And, and you, you, you ask me, okay, is that true? So they your answer is still yes, yes if you they, believe it's you know yes. What? They do owe me. It's not fair what, they, what they've done by rejecting me. Okay, so, so yes. And you, you just land there. You've meditated on it. You're still, and a yes still arises. So how do you react? Notice, close your eyes and witness. And the situation is, they sent you the email that said, we're just too busy. 
Okay. They're just too busy. Okay. So let's, let's say that's the situation. So they owe you. Notice how you react. And those of you listening, this includes emotions, very important. And then the images of past, future. Notice how you react. What happens when you believe the thought they owe you? Yeah, I'm sitting there seeing the email first thing in the morning and who I am with that thought that they owe me is, well, it's a sense of rejection too, you know? It's like, what's wrong with me? Why don't you guys want me? And then the other side of that, I guess it's like, and you owe me anyway. (laughs) Uh Whether or not you want me, you should, you know, quote unquote, be helping me back because I've been so loyal to you. Yeah. And and feel the emotions, any anger or disrespect. Yeah. They're disrespecting you too. There's anger. And what you are representing in your work. There's anger and there's a bit of shame too. Yeah. Yeah, so that's who I am when I believe that thought. Now, where do you feel that as you witness the movie of them rejecting you, too busy? Where do you feel those emotions in your body? In my heart. I'm really in touch with it. Yeah, and any stress across your chest or your belly or your shoulders? Yeah, yeah, my back and my chest as I, mm-hmm. as I go back there and relive that that surprise slash shock of reading that very brief and (laughs) what I perceive to be rude email. Yeah. Yeah. So they owe me. So now be there now in that situation in front of your computer without the thought they owe you. Just read the email in your mind's eye. They say they're too busy. Who would you be in that moment in time without the thought they owe me? I would be free and I would be free to explore other opportunities that are in better alignment because obviously that one's not. And notice the resentment's gone without the thought they owe me. And notice, you can read it, they are too busy. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's like I read the words, you know, their schedules change. They've got too much going on. They're too busy. And I literally read that. I translate that into my mind's language, which is you're not worth it. We don't like you. We don't acknowledge the things you've done for us. You're making excuses because of everything you're saying there. Yeah. Whereas, no, they're too busy. <laughs> That's great. And if you continue to meditate there, just stay there. And of course, you know, they're successful. Look at how well you've supported them. I mean, you have given a gift there. You're a part of their success. You believed in them. That's why you helped them. And then what about the turnarounds? Which I find... These I don't have down as much, but I find them very fascinating. They owe me. Turn it around. What's an opposite? They don't. They don't owe me. So what does that mean to you when you consider um, that response on the email, that situation? They don't owe you. If I hold that, that they don't owe me, then I actually can connect with the fact that I was able to contribute to their success without wanting something in return. And you did a really good job. And I have, I have one. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. Okay, because these turnarounds are something we muse within that situation. So they, they owe me. They don't owe me. I didn't send them a bill. I didn't tell them that this, the requirement, the condition of my support and help is that they support me. Was there a contract? A signed (laughs) contract? Oh, that's good. Other than that, we're just, we're just Looney Tunes. They owe me. So they owe you. Is it true? No, no, it's not. No, it's, it's just the idea that people owe me is laughable at this point because I've, I've heard, um, I, I've sat in this, um, um, you know, I've, I've had time to sit in there. I, I did, I was able with that situation because one of the things that 
my mind told me was they disrespected me. That was, that was my thing. Like, you yeah. know, my guy thing, like, don't disrespect me. And then I actually did one of those turnarounds kind of just as I was contemplating this and seeking relief from this, you know, this thought form and all that was that I disrespected me. And then I looked into that and I saw in the beginning of that relationship with the, this person that I approached that relationship from a very sort of low self-worth, needy position in the very beginning. Oh, so feel that one. That is, that one is. And so in a sense, yeah. and I'm not blaming myself, but the dynamic yeah. wasn't put into place by them. I came into it with a, a, yeah. a degree of, of low self-esteem. Yeah. And so whether or not that's why they reacted that, but it was interesting for me to observe that turnaround. It's like, yeah. no, I disrespected me. Yeah. And there's another one. They owe me. I owe them. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's great. How so would you... Muse that one. I owe them. Okay. And stay in the situation. You're at your computer. You're reading their message. They're too busy. I owe them. I Yeah, I can connect to... I owe them the respect to allow them to make the decisions they want to make for their highest good. Well, not only that, for their own business. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Right. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's wow. That's a good one. That's their own business. They make the decisions. They're busy. And that goes back to the three types of business. It's like, it's literally none of my business who they want to support and, you know, give uh, give media attention to. Yeah. And they disrespect, they disrespected me. Turn around. I disrespected them. They're busy. They're successful. I'm not. I'm not respecting that. I'm really <laughs> attacking it. Wow, that's so great. That's so great. So these turnarounds are meditation. We're musing on a moment in time and getting really still. And if we get still and we just, you know, like 20 minutes a day, we just allow the mind, this incredible mind will meet the questions because the questions are invitation. And when we ask them to really, really get still and, and, and not try to manipulate what we're being shown, and it's, um, it'll certainly crack your, your heart and mind wide open, as you know from experience. What's so interesting, too, that like the process we just went through. And I, like I said, I, didn't, I don't feel a lot of connection to that emotionally, but there were remnants of it. That's how I was able to access it. With, yeah. with yeah. anything else, I'd have to make up an arbitrary situation that I'm totally mm-hmm. disconnected from emotionally. But I had to really kind of reach for that. But now it just seems so dumb. I mean, in a matter of five minutes here on this recording with you, I'm like, how, how silly and dumb like to even be upset about that. I can't believe it used up any real estate in my mind yeah, since and, that happened three weeks ago or whatever. You know? And your, your, your mind is open enough that you're stepping into like a responsibility, being responsible for what you're thinking and believing as opposed to just believing it and building up these resentments that can be so subtle. We may not even call them resentments. We may just say, oh, it's minor, it's trivial. But in my world, I can be as enlightened to a a trivial judgment or assumption, as I sit in it, as I can with something I thought was a really big one, you know. But I just let my mind show me what to work as I witness, you know, life lived out of my assumptions and judgment. It's funny as you just unpacked that I was, I I had another awareness and that was my mind projected this idea because I'm going to see that person at um, a conference next week. When I thought about that, it's like, I feel a little bit of apprehension about seeing them because I feel awkward about it. And then my mind literally was like, when I see them, I'm going to snub them. I'm not going to pay any attention to them. Uh It's so childish. And now Uh I'm sitting here, I was like, oh my God, how unloving. And I'm, you know, this person who has a spiritual podcast and I'm really, I'm really working on becoming a more, you know, um, enlightened being myself. And it's like, why would I want to punish someone for something they were innocent of? And also they didn't owe you. That was just made up. (laughs) Right, right. And, awesome. and you know, I can see you uh, meeting them going, oh my gosh, you know, you, you are just 
you know, I got the thing saying you were too busy to put my podcast on the air, whatever it was. And um, I love you're so busy. You know, we we both worked. You know, I'm glad to have had a part in that. And right, but right. we only say it if it's true, you know. And some of this takes a little, a little time. But it's amazing when you actually meet that person. It's like they owe me. It's like a post-it. They disrespected me. It's like a post-it that we slap on that apparent body, that physical body. So when we question those and we meet that individual, we meet them without the post-its. And it is, it's amazing. You're connected without inquiry. We're not only not connected, we're disconnected. And it's just unfinished business. Wow, that's amazing. And, and also, wouldn't you say that on some level, people are aware when you have those conditions and resentments and things Com- on them, you know? Completely, completely. Oh my gosh. But more importantly, we know that you are, meaning the one, the, the believer. Right, right. I'm sensing, yeah. I'm sensing a, 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 the possibility for some, some real change there and not only letting go and having that awareness, but taking a step further and also just approaching them with the unconditional love and understanding and praise and gratitude for their success and their being busy. As yeah, because well. you supported it and you can continue to. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny because I also was like, I'm not supporting them anymore. I'm going to find a company that competes with them and I'm going to start supporting them. I mean, yeah. it's so dumb. I feel I don't want to judge myself, but it's like, it's so childish in a sense, you know, it's like, okay, so let me ask you a question. Can you stop believing what you're believing in the moment you're believing it? Is it possible? I believe so. Oh, really? When you're really believing it? Well, actually, no. It, I guess it does take at least a few seconds to sort of be able to stop and observe that that's what you're believing. If you do, but you've worn this, they owe me for a while. Right. And so you couldn't just stop believing it until you really considered it. Right, until I've meditated on that and uh-huh. gone through some- self-honesty and accepted some responsibility. So you believe they owed you. Were you guilty or innocent? Well, uh, I would... <laughs> I, I mean, mean, can I you stop believing what you believe yeah. in the moment you believe it? It's impossible. I was, I was innocent. I was doing the best that I could at that given time at that level of awareness. You were believing. You were attached. And it's, it's an unconsciousness in the moment. And when we question that, we wake up to our true nature and, and we feel connected as opposed to separate and unimportant, etc. But I just think it's important that, that everyone listening to our time together today understand that no one would harm another human being or think ill of another human being if they were not confused. In other words, if they were not believing what they think about themselves, the world, and, and others. Right. So we're all innocent, and, and it's a beautiful thing to have a way to wake up to that. It is beautiful. And, well, listen, Katie, I know that we're, we're coming up on the end of our call here, and you've got some stuff to do. So I'd like to just ask you about a couple of things, if you could mm-hmm. tell us briefly about your new book, A Mind at Home with a mind at home with itself. Oh my gosh. What can I say about the book? People love the book. It's Stephen's translation uh, of the Diamond Sutra. And, uh, and it's my commentary on the Diamond Sutra. And the Diamond Sutra is an, a Buddhist text that um, is considered the most important text. And, and he just wanted to, um, he just wanted to know how I experience the sutra. And so that's what a mind at home with itself is. Awesome. I'm excited and, to get a hold of that. I've listened to your book, Loving What Is. I, mean, I, can't, even, <laughs> I can't even count how many times. I mean, I used to have it in my car, probably like maybe on CD, I think first or something before MP3s were out. It's been a long time. So I'm yeah. excited to dig into this one. And then what about your 
nine day school for the work. What's what's that all about? Well, uh, I can't imagine. Of course, I can, but anyone um, suffering to spend the rest of their life without doing the school first, or at least without doing the work first. But the school is a nine day experience um, where we go into things where most ashamed of and our relationships and oh my gosh what a fear and terror and um, communication and I have you know these capsules throughout the school that go take every segue into our head it's like stepping it's like I'm putting people through the experiences I had the first three years of, of this um, experience that I had the privilege of of waking up to. Wow. Yeah, that's been on my bucket list for a long time. And I was looking at your calendar and there's one coming up this summer, I believe in July, is it? Uh, uh, yes. Oh, uh-huh. hi. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I actually put it on my calendar yesterday. I'm like, I'm oh, gonna good. Yeah, oh, good. Oh, good, Luke. Let's see if I can get out there. I mean, I just love going to Ojai for any reason. But, yeah. Um, I just, it's just amazing. It's been my getaway for many years from LA here. So, yeah, it's a nice, nice, close little getaway. I'm looking forward to checking that out. So, you've taught my listeners and myself uh, in this conversation and prior and you know, God knows how many millions of people around the world, so many things about life. Who are three teachers or teachings that you might uh, recommend that our listeners go check out in addition to your own? For me, the, the teacher is, um, that I recommend is the person standing in front of me and to just really listen. And if I'm not connected, to look to me as to why I'm not. So the world is my teacher and everything and everyone in it without exception. And I'm and, and, and I want to answer your I love E.T. He's a friend of mine and he's so beautiful. You know, I'm not that familiar with teachers. <laughs> That's okay. It's great. The, the, the one in front of me. I, I like I just that. To be a, a I like that answer too. a lot. And to clarify by E.T., I'm assuming you're referring to Eckhart Tolle, uh-huh. not mm-hmm. E.T., the alien character from the Steven Spielberg movie. In the- <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, uh, I love- And I didn't mean any disrespect with, with the initials. It's, of course. It's, uh, yeah. Of course. Well, you're his buddy, so you can call him whatever whatever you want. Well, listen. Well, the dude abides. He's, <laughs> yes, the dude he, does abide. He expects anything of me, I'm sure. That's amazing. Well, listen, this has been a real treat for me, Katie. And I just thank you so much for the work you're doing and the impact you've had on my life. And uh, it's just it's just fantastic. I'm so grateful, as I said in the beginning, to be able to have conversations with people like you and, and share your message with many people who uh, might not be familiar with it. You know, a lot of my listeners are a bit younger than I, and maybe they don't know about you. So it's, just, it's really yeah. fun to turn people on to uh, their own awakening through the show. So thank you for joining me. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for you know, the courage you obviously live out of and your, your humility in a, in a really beautiful way and your, your uh, vulnerability. It's precious. Thank, Thank you, you so much. So where can people find you, website, social media, and all that stuff? Uh, thework.com, Facebook, look around. I think the team here does a, a pretty good job. And, and when we charge for events the way we do it, it really supports us to keep supporting the work to move it. Awesome. Well, I support it. Thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to seeing you at one of those events soon, Katie. Thank you, Luke. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, so much love. Well, folks, that brings episode number 142 of the Lifestylist podcast to a close. What an enlightening conversation. I mean, at least Katie's part. I can't say anything for my own, but I'll tell you what, it was enlightening for me. I learned so much. And again, I can't tell you how exciting it was for me to be able to have a conversation with her. And by the way, uh, I don't usually mention this for some reason. I kind of forget, but most of my podcasts are also on my YouTube channel. So if you just go on YouTube and search Luke's story, You'll find my channel and you can watch the videos for, I'd say, 95% of these interviews, including this one. And uh, so there you go. Just know if you want to see what this looks like, uh, you can most of the time find them there. You can also join my Facebook group. It's the Lifestylist Podcast Facebook group. And you might not have heard this yet, but uh, I often actually broadcast these interviews that I'm doing live in the Facebook group. Uh, for the super fans. So if you dig the show and you know I'm interviewing someone and you don't want to wait for the official 
really fancy edited polished version of the podcast to come out you can just watch me do this stuff in real time so to join the facebook group it's really easy just go to facebook.com hopefully you've heard of it and just uh, search the lifestylist podcast and you'll find the group and request to join and we'll let you in and we're having a big old party in there i do a lot of exclusive content in there I check in almost every day and answer questions and things like that. So I think we're up to, I don't know, 1,200 people or something at the time of this recording. So it's a really strong community in there. And I'm having a lot of fun getting to know you anonymous listeners. Now you've got your ears on me right now, but I get to get my eyes on you and the group and get to know you. And it's really fun. I'd also like to thank this week's sponsors. And I just want to say, if you're someone who enjoys this show on a regular basis, I don't know how much you know about the business of podcasting, but Uh, It takes a lot of time and money to make a podcast like this happen. Some people record them on their iPhone, throw them on iTunes, and maybe it doesn't cost them anything. But because I'm always going for the highest quality production value and et cetera, it's important that I run ads. And it's important uh, that you support the brands. If you listen to the show and you're getting this free content, it's a great way for you to get discounts on products that at least I believe are the best in the world that I've pre-vetted and you get the knowledge of finding new brands without having to do the work yourself. So this week's sponsors were, of course, Altera Pure. And the link for Altera Pure is alterapure.com. That's A-L-T-E-R-R-A-P-U-R-E, alterapure.com. And they, of course, make the sheets that I sleep on every single night, actually. Just reminded me, I just got a new dog and uh, I couldn't groom the dog for two weeks. Because I pick, you know, it was a rescue, of course, getting some, um, what do you call it? Um, what do they call that? Uh, uh, virtue signal. Yeah, I rescued a, jo- a dog. I'm such a good person. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I am a good person, but um, I did rescue a dog, whatever. She's really cute. She's on my lap right now. Maybe I'll put her in the Facebook group if you want to see her. Her name's Cookie because she uh, has legs that look like chocolate chip cookies. I don't know. What are you going to do? Anyway, back to the story of Altera Pure Sheets and how they're saving my life and why I need to clean mine. So I get this dog, right? But I picked her up from the spade clinic because she's two years old and had been, I guess, neglected and no one took her to get fixed. So I picked her up from there. She's all out of it. She's really dirty and smelly. And so they told me I had to wait 10 days. And on the ninth day, I took her up, up the street to the groomer at Healthy Spot. Shout out to Healthy Spot. Awesome place on Beverly in Hollywood. And uh, they're like, oh, no, no, our policy is to wait two weeks. I'm like, I'm dying. So every 24-hour period, she's just getting smellier and smellier. And then finally, the clouds parted. Ah, Enter the angel songs of the heavens. And uh, I got to take her and get her groomed yesterday. She's super, super cute. So now I got to go wash my Altera Pure uh, sheets because I attempted to not have this dog sleep in my bed. And that lasted literally for about five minutes. She's just not having it. There's just, I don't know. There's no avoiding it. So I guess uh, that's the way it is. But I'm really excited to wash my purely organic, non-GMO, just most comfortable, beautifully designed uh, sheets and bedding ever. If you want to check out Altera Pure, you can go to their site, alterapure.com, as I said. Enter the code LIFESTYLIST and you'll save 15%. And for the quality of these sheets... They're already really affordable. I mean, they're not really that much more expensive than normal sheets. It's weird. And they're definitely cheaper than a lot of the super toxic, like Egyptian 2000 thread count, whatever. I don't even know what that shit means, but I know that most sheets are really toxic and these aren't. So they're awesome. Next up, a shout out to our old friends, Organifi. And Organifi has been advertising on the show almost since the beginning. And I'm just really grateful that they've stuck with me. I'm really grateful that you guys are buying the product and you're digging it. Uh, Obviously, they would not keep advertising and supporting the show if you guys weren't supporting them and enjoying their products. And when I say I use the Organifi products every day, I'm not just saying that. I literally put the green stuff in my drink every morning. Then almost every night, I do the Organifi uh, Gold. So don't forget to check them out. That's Organifi.com forward slash Luke. It's my landing page. If you enter, again, same code, lifestylist, one word, you'll save 20% off your first order. Pretty good savings. Last but certainly not least, a new show sponsor, and I really dig this company and what they're doing. I mentioned it, of course, earlier in the mid-roll ad, but Biostrap is one of these tracking devices, and this one's really cool because you can customize what you're tracking. 
So I've been using it a lot for meditation. I, I'm about to use it for a workout, but I have to figure out, I don't wear shoes when I work out and that's part of the thing. There's two sensors, one going on your shoes. So I'm figuring that part out, but uh, it's really good at monitoring your sleep, meditation, pretty much any activity that you do, you can program into the app and it tells you what's going on with your biometrics. So you can measure everything going on in your body while you're doing different activities. I mean, one could, I haven't tried this yet. I literally just thought of this as I'm rambling on the mic here in my outro, but one could even have it on while you have sex just to see what happens. I mean, literally anything that you do that's uh, of any value in your life and you want to see what's happening uh, physiologically, you can wear your bio strap and you can find out. Hopefully they don't get mad at me for making that correlation. But I mean, I don't know. I find things like that interesting. The body is fascinating. So if you want to check out the Biostrap, here's what's up. Just go to biostrap.com forward slash Luke and use the promo code STORY and save 25% off your order and get free worldwide shipping. Pretty awesome. So again, go to biostrap.com forward slash Luke. Use the promo code STORY, S-T-O-R-E-Y. And you'll save 25% off, which is a massive discount off of this tech. And you also get the free worldwide shipping. So it's pretty dope. Check it out. Let me know what your results are. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.